Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Mayhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. All right, Mutt Man. So I was mentioning it before you hopped on here. Yeah. Well, great to see you. What's up, buddy? Good to see you. Oh, I was like a hostage in the stupid. I hate, I, this is the worst. You do a media podcast. I'm going to bitch about this for a second. Go for it. The worst development in sports radio slash entertainment is what? this this bullshit. I don't want to be on camera. The whole idea of radio was not on camera. And now everything, including your podcast, congratulations, by the way, you're doing this for years i wish you'd do more boston media but that's a different story um gotta feed me too much too much video i don't look good on video look, look at this you look great hairline this is terrible i hate these things but you're i'm glad good. you have a podcast i'm glad we're talking media and what were you taught what, what you could have been talking about me I, I i'm a boring subject your podcast should not be actually it's dog days of summer so i'm a perfect middle of summer nothing going on guests that actually works no, catch up with Mutt. We're going to get it sponsored. It's going to be. It's oh, going to be. I'm, I'm ready. Once a month. Yeah. Let's go. You know, it's funny you say that because you have no idea how many times I've thought over the last couple of years, damn, if only they had the WEI Twitch stream when I was on the radio, then oh. I, then I mean, I would have loved that. Are you kidding me? That would have been, I would have watched myself. I would have gone home from each show and then just watched the Twitch recording of the show. To oh, I hate the, the, can, the camera sometimes give you a bad angle. I don't. So you like, you like this video movement in Does sports? I see that I would have been loved being on camera. In this <laughs> and I don't mind it. I mean, you know, I kind of keep it real with the, with the zoom background, as you see, you know, I don't have anything like you have a nice sports wall back there. Look, I see Fenway. That's the sport. So one area my wife lets me have some sports stuff. I Fenway, see. there's some horse racing crap back there. So the Yukon stuff. Yeah, you got some lighting. I like the little Christmas lights. That is. No, there are no Christmas lights. Not in college anymore. We did Christmas lights 12 months a year. Um, Love, it. Love it. So you mentioned Fenway, Mutt. I do want to say, after years of getting Joe ice cream in the booth, you got your big shot on Sunday doing some color. Yeah. Uh, how did it feel to get behind the mic? Seriously. Uh, it was fun. And it was, I was talking about this yesterday at Fenway. It was, it was fun because... Will was there. Will Fleming did the play-by-play. And not only is Will really good at what he does, but we talk a lot off the air. Like, you've made this point, you know, on your podcast, I'm sure. We've talked about it off the air. Like, if there's no chemistry, it just doesn't – whether it's a sports talk show or broad, it doesn't work. And Will and I text a lot. He's very – he's much more sarcastic off the air than he's on the air, which we'd get more of that from Will. But he let me basically do, like, a talk show. Like, uh, we – some of the yeah. stuff we talked about, you know, there are broadcasters in any sport that would have been very sensitive to, boy, it's a little negative right now. Devers, Bogart's team falling apart. And he was great with it. So it was a fun broadcast to do because Will made it very easy to just basically be a talk show host, joking about what's going on in the field in a you know a relatively boring game, eight to four, but talk about bigger picture stuff. So it was fun. 
Right. And we've talked about that a million times that, you know, it's on the radio. So when the game may not be the most entertaining, you make it more like a show. And it is amazing that so many things have changed over the decades. But we've said this, the same baseball broadcast, pretty close to what it was, you know. Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, I think there are places where they're trying to do it differently. Um, But I I still hear broadcasts from time to time that are it's do, you know, I call it dueling media guides where it's two two broadcasters who are just picking out stuff out of the media. And I, I, I just, I had no interest in it. I I don't, I I don't care. Maybe some people do, but I don't care where so-and-so, where did he go to school? You know, and I get there are some games you have to do it, you know, 28 to the five or whatever it was Friday, you're looking for stuff. I'd rather just talk about the state of the team or the state of the sport. I, I can't do it. And that's how a lot of people were brought up though. Like they had the media guide, they go through it, they got their stuff. And I, I'm just not, that's, I can't do that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't come across well. So I got to do a talk show for three and a half hours. It was fun. No, it was good. It was a good lesson on a, on a scorching Sunday. Um, Scorcha. Scorcha. You're a Bostonian, man. I was down on M Street Beach. You know, I could have the Red Sox thing on my little app. <laughs> there you go. Nothing more Boston um, So you mentioned growing up. I have a theory that, like, when I first realized I wanted to do sports journalism, sports media, play-by-play was what I thought I wanted to do. Yep. I have a theory that everybody who gets into this business, when they're young at first, really wants to do play-by-play. Was that your case? Yeah. I mean, playing wiffle ball in the backyard in the mean streets of Pepperell, Massachusetts, you would announce the games. Like, you would say so-and-so, what their stat. Like, that's, uh, of course, what it, what it was. Um, and, and there was a time, I got to be honest, I thought I wanted to be like a beat writer and just, like, follow a team around. And that quickly seeing how much work that is and the grind of that is, I, I was out of it. But I, I think you're right. When you're a, even before sports radio, it was just announcing in the backyard what you and your buddies are doing and keeping stats and keeping track of that stuff. If you're a loser like I was, that's what you end up doing. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure you did the same thing. I'm sure there are Alex Reamer cassette tapes of you calling Red Sox games with, uh, you know, yeah. Tim Tim Naring over to the hot corner. I narrated uh, the whole 04 World Series run. I was on the call for that. <laughs> it was amazing. Ripping those tapes were never found. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Um, I have a theory that I wrote about last week. I'm curious to get your take on this. Yep. David Ortiz, I will say, when he first started on TV, I, I pretty much rolled my eyes at all of it because I'm like, this is just a pom-pom waiver, a mascot. You know me. I always want serious unbiased but now though i think of it and i hear what he said about bogart's pay the man what he said to rob rob radford about devers a couple weeks Mm -hmm. ago too uh you know ortiz i think has an interesting role to play here because you saw at the all-star game i don't think there's anybody more respected in his sport than ortiz's and when he says stuff i think players really do listen to that so i think it'll be interesting to watch him as the red sox maybe trade bogart's don't sign devers to an extension I think Ortiz could become a very loud, not anti-Red Sox voice, but be a bit of an agitate, an agitation to them if they don't treat his guys correctly. I don't know. This is a dynamic that 
I thought of over the last couple of days. He's already more entertaining than A-Rod is. Yeah. I mean, you talked about that that Michael K. A-Rod thing, which is just, again, I get why people are trying to do it, but these imitations of the the one good thing, it's just not, it doesn't work for me. I think with with Ortiz, like even his Hall of Fame ceremony, like he's able to ad lib and just, he's entertaining. And, and in a sport where still some of the biggest stars, like Mike Trout's not entertaining. He's a generational baseball player, Reem, but he's not, entertaining Ortiz is still entertaining they're going to honor him tonight at Fenway Park it's going to be entertaining because he will make it entertaining and to basically call out the Red Sox which ba- he's kind of like I don't know say he's an owner but he's part of the organization, forever. The organization. yes he's- yeah he's part of the organization he's like they got to re-sign these guys you know to, to his credit like I think Papelbon just by telling the truth recently he's got a betting podcast like everyone else does and he's starting to make headlines because He'll just say whatever. He called out High and Bloom and said, "I'm not sure Bloom's built for Boston." Yes. So yes. Th- those are those are two big personalities that don't care about the reaction they get, and that's just inherently, you know, more entertaining than that prepackaged a rod whatever he's giving us right now. Yeah, no, totally. And yeah, Ortiz, I said, like you saw at the All Star game. I don't think there's a single person in any sport who could go into a dugout or the sidelines or whatever and dap up. Every single player and have it not be awkward. Like, frankly, I don't even think Brady could do that. I think if Brady walked along the sideline in the Pro Bowl, for example, I don't think he'd be able to dap up every player like he's their boy. I think that's unique to Ortiz. And I think it's a valuable, it's a valuable skill set, I think. I would agree with you on that. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll see. Um, and uh, yes, so. Uh, oh, and the other thing with Papwan, I want to say, too, about how I think he'd be a great hire for any radio station. But it shows that. You know, to make you just gotta say shit, right? Like, <laughs> really, that's you just say shit. And if you're a guy like Papelbon with his resume, you'll get a million aggregators writing your stuff up. I mean, it, it's like the same thing with Perkins. People say, "Why has Kendrick Perkins become such a bomb tosser?" Because he realizes if you just say shit and have opinions, you can back them up. You'll get play. It's really not that complicated. Yeah, and, and I think these guys are realizing like you can you can almost say the opposite later down the road, and literally no one's gonna call you on it. Like so, oh, you you said this six months ago. I mean, it just it doesn't matter. Um, so I think per, I mean Perk's taking that role to a different level. I don't think anyone ever thought, myself included, that Perk would be this type of like national star uh, on a daily basis talking about the sport. Um, and Pap's finding that out right now. Like he he joked, he didn't mean to do it, but. He's like, man, my I love Twitter. The numbers are going up. Yeah, because you're saying stuff. You're entertaining. At some point, you know, when you, you keep getting gambling things wrong, people will roll their eyes. But for now, like he's got he's got some buzz. And that's that's been the direction of the business now for a couple of years. Um, and I'm sure these athletes are figuring out. But there are other guys like that are as A-Rod, even Brady to an extent. They're so prepackaged and so you know protective. They'll never get to that level, but there's absolutely a niche for, for guys like that because in, in the business, we want content. And when you say things that are inflammatory and people can have different opinions, then you're going to have that content replayed and aggregated everywhere. Absolutely right. Would you know that? Would you know that from experience about the betting, the bets? If you have bad bets, people remember what you uh as far as gambling goes no i mean when the papillon thing he did the other day like he's he's putting himself as a gambling guy yes. and it, you know I, i'm i'm nitpicking because he's like yeah i'll bet anyone 100 dollars. jd martinez will get traded either at the deadline or a week after i'm like well you can't get traded after the deadline that's why there's a deadline nobody cares does it doesn't matter if you're the loudest and most opinionated that's the business that's what works right now 
Um, another so that that translate transitions me. Here we go. Nice. Oh, oh, does it? Oh, how how about that? Look at you, host yeah. Alex Reamer. Yes. Another new media guy, Robert Griffin yeah. III, has been saying some insane stuff about the Patriots. You're aware of this, right? How he says that it's now a competitive advantage to not have any offensive coordinator because you can yep. be so predictable. Very strange. I think he actually did tweet verbatim, advantage Patriots. Um, so <laughs> my thing with that is, so Robert Griffin, maybe he's throwing bombs because he realized just say stuff, you'll get, you'll get it, you know, way to get attention. But I really do think that this training camp in particular, and this is always the time for spin, but we really have to watch more than ever about this Patriots spin because you know that Belichick, in his own way, does like to get his message out there. And I think any media person who seriously says that not having an offensive coordinator is a competitive advantage needs to be viewed with a lot of skepticism. It needs to be viewed with, are you, are you getting that directly from uh, from Burge? Are you getting that? I mean, who are you getting that from? Because And Robert Griffin, I think, is one of the leaders because he's been out and proud about this thing. Yeah, and I give – we're talking Tuesday. Like this morning, like already Curran's at his breaking point. Tom Curran, who covers the Patriots for, for NBC Sports Boston, who basically tweeted out, I'm sick of this back and forth. Patricia's the play caller. They're not naming him the OC because they want Detroit to pay him. So Curran's already on – we're not even in August yet. He's like, no, this is what's really going on here. The RG3 take is bad. And no, we all have bad takes, but there is zero benefit to it. Um, and, well, it's – it's this is a – I don't know where this is going and he, he doesn't really fit into this mold, but maybe you've seen the same thing. Like there's been a divide, I think between talk radio and the podcast industry where I think the podcast industry, and I don't listen to a lot of them, but a majority of these team and sports podcasts, they're super positive. Like there's just no negativity. And I get it because you're trying to get fans to download it. And so if you're ripping the team, are they going to download it? Where sports radio is still, Super negative. And I just, yeah. I wonder if at some point, you know, Carabas will rip the Red Sox, which is good. Uh, but like, is, is the, the team podcast thing become, uh, can, can you be negative? I'll ask you, can you be negative on like a Celtics podcast if you're trying to get Celtics fans to download? Like, how, yeah. how does that work? Yeah, I don't think, I think it speaks to a couple of things. I think that talk radio is so reactionary. You know, you're trying to grip people. Yep. In a five-minute span. And the way to grip people usually is to be loud, is to be more negative, is to be more provocative. And that way, whereas a podcast is more of an easy listen, you're listening to it on a whole commute, a run, you're doing the dishes, you're cooking. And I don't think people want to necessarily be as agitated for that long period of time. Because <laughs> cool. it's across the board. I mean, you listen to any podcast, there really is no difference of opinion. In any podcast, from sports to politics, you don't, you seldom have co-hosts arguing with each other. Most are easy, breezy listens. And I think that that is like part of the, pardon my take mold. People just want to be entertained and have their friends talking to them in a podcast. It's maybe more of an intimate experience. So I, that that's my two cents on it. Yeah. I mean, the intimate thing is interesting. Like the, the listening of, you know, when you're listening to, it, you know, the, the streaming, you're not listening just to the radio in the car now. You can take it everywhere. But I, I didn't thought about that. And it's funny, like everyone that's, that's the thing, that's the benchmark, like the pardon my take benchmark. And, as, you know, listen to that. They, they don't, they don't infight, but they certainly bust balls. They're also just really good at what they do. Uh, but I, I had not thought about that. The, the intimacy of the podcast and not wanting to be, you know, 
agitated because that's well, I, I listen to sports talk radio because it does agitate me. I like that agitation. I like that edge to it. I like that urgency to it. And you're right. In a podcast setting, there's, there's a less of an urgent feeling to it in a lot of the times. But I think people also do take it too far. Like I do think that it is still, people still want to you to get to the point a little bit. There's a lot of the, like the JJ Redick interviews. I'm sure you heard them this season because Marcus Smart was on and a lot of players and he got great stuff from them, but my God, I mean, it would take him two minutes to ask a question. It's like, bro, hurry up here. But it's, he's getting, he's getting good guests and he, he got some good answers out of uh, Marcus Smart. Uh, when he was on there. And that's, it's it's good for those guys, the former athletes that are able to do yeah. it because they have awesome access and the, the trust is there too for these guys. They're able to have trust to, you know, go on those podcasts versus going on, you know, with some, you know, idiot at night in Boston, right? There's, well, there's I mean, a better, better interaction that way. So it's well, a benefit to those players for sure. Well, that's right. I mean, and that's bad news for the idiots on at night in Boston or any other yep. city because if you're a guy like Marcus Smart and you have something to say, why wouldn't you go to J.J. Redick or Dre, or not Draymond Green, but you know a Draymond Green type of player who's still active, you have a relationship with? So we're really in trouble, Mutt, if uh, all the great interviews now go to the athletes themselves. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, you still got to You got to go like Papelbon can can say great things on his podcast, promote the podcast. He's got to go on bigger outlets. So that'll always be there. And a lot of the current players, they don't say anything anyway. So I'm not I don't feel like we're totally missing out. Uh, and they're 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 giving content to Sports Talk Radio because there are so many flipping podcasts now. It just doesn't, especially like I, I'm into the sports gambling stuff, and there's just I joke about it, but Jonathan Papelbon's now doing a betting podcast. I mean, we've reached we've reached the peak of hey, let's tie you into sports betting and let's promote it because everyone everyone's sports betting. Yeah, you're betting, you're betting. Let's have a podcast that involves betting. That's all they can go for. Except here in Massachusetts, I'm still working on. My uh, former, my former senator. There, we're we're, we're still working. Yeah, you got. I, I mean, I have a lot. It's a whole different pie guy. I, I have a lot of questions, but we're we're but six day, five days away from the deadline to get that done here in the state. And I, I'm not, I'm not confident. Thank you, sure. thank you, Eric Lesser. Thank so you. everybody has a betting podcast, including you. Tell us about yep. yours. Uh, we do a daily pod. Uh, daily. We're, we're, my producer's on vacation, so you won't hear it today. But we do a uh, daily uh, sports betting podcast. It's anywhere between you know five and thirty minutes. Uh, locally based on what's going on the Red Sox, Bruins, Celtics, and Patriots. Some national stuff because we got. Some, I mean, Ryan Hannibal. Speaking of guys who went big time, he worked with yeah. us at EEI. He's now a bet MGM. He's become one of the sharps when it comes to golf betting. We get him on for the majors, so uh, it's something that Shime and I would be doing, you know, private. Like, hey, what do you like tonight for the Red Sox? So we're just doing it in podcast form. BetQL Boston uh, available everywhere you get your podcasts, and occasionally some video. But we, I, we're not we're not full time video like you are yet. Team I'm not. I'm not ready for that. It takes a while to get to this point. You'll get there. One not day. ready. No, no. I got to be a star like you are with the big sports media podcast. Thanks, Mutt. Appreciate it. Yeah. All righty, Mutt man. Thanks so much. I appreciate the time. Oh, it was easy, buddy. I'm glad. Again, I'm glad you're doing this. 